Hello, and welcome to the post-draft edition of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows, and joining me again this week is Spitball regular Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson and Spartan starting quarterback Harry Staszewski. How are you, gents? Good, thank you. Very well. Yeah, really good. Thank you, Adri. Yeah, good to have you back on the show. We'll uh, recap on what went down in the draft. So let's kick things off with number-wise... How many correct picks as far as players to teams did you get, young Marcus? Uh, what you we were discussing this before, weren't we, last time, that um, though I couldn't actually seem to pick out anyone who was actually playing currently, that we all guessed that I'd do the better on the new guys. But yeah, it absolutely. Turns out, and I got, we worked this out for, for you viewers later on, that I've got a half pick in there. Don't ask us how, but we'll have. Um, I'll, I'll fully win on that. It was because he put two names down for, for one I team. S- I, said <laughs> draw, I said they'd draw a cornerback, and the only two people I could think of at the time that I hadn't taken were Xavier Rhodes or D. Milliner. But seeing that Jets wanted to ruin my little system, um, luckily I had uh, Rhodes to back me up for yeah. a half a point. Exactly. But so still, the half a point wasn't enough to secure a four and a half point total. It was, and uh, I'm pleased to say I'm, I'm quite chuffed with myself, albeit it works out to a sixth of the draft picks correctly. Um, I got I got five right myself, so uh, we'll we'll start playing through those now. Quite happy that I win round one of the spitball draft battle. Well, I, I did get all 32, but I haven't got any evidence with that. So. <laughs> that sounds about right, Harry, yeah. So just like Baltimore going back to the Super Bowl, yeah? <laughs> got any documents for that? No. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Don't say anything about the Bills. <laughs> right, so yeah, let's move on then. So going through um, the people that were picked in uh, draft one, starting off obviously with, with Kansas City. Now, we pretty much knew they were going to take an offensive tackle, and when we recorded the show... Luke Jokel was by far and above mm. the favourite tackle to go, but somewhere in between that Sunday and Thursday, Eric Fisher just shot past him in the coach's picks and, and went first to Kansas instead of instead of Luke. So what do we make of that? Well, actually, I reviewed it and actually talking to, well, reading some of the blogs by the Kansas actual um, staff and you know their writers, it seems the reason they picked Fisher really was his adaptability over on the right side. Whereas, of course, both of them coming through being more left tackles predominantly in college days, um, they thought Fisher would do that better because they have plans to switch over their current right tackle to left and then fit in Fisher as a right tackle to start with. So I think they, they saw that more adaptability over the other side of the playing field. And would that also coincide with the running game as well, trying to get Fisher out there to power block for Charles? I think it's going to go all run through this year. I think it'll be an, a devastating run game. Um, but again, it depends how much they can back it up. They did get a lot of run yards last year, didn't they, with Charles? Yeah, so. and with Smith, they've Stick got it works, the ultimate so. game. One, mm. Well, I'm going to say the ultimate game manager because of what he did in San Francisco before he got injured. I think he even proved, didn't he, with the shootout in uh, against New Orleans last year, technically it was still game managing because he had a situation, he needed to throw the ball, and he got it on target all the time, didn't he? So, I mean, he's got targets like Bo, and he's got multiple tight ends there who could, who could secure... A decent amount of yardage through the air. It's just it's literally going to be down to have they done enough to that defense to stop people putting excess points from them. Yeah, yeah, well, that will remain to be seen. Well, they're going to concede hopefully another forty odd points to Buffalo when we play them this year, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. So yeah, Jacksonville at pick two. That Again, we had them going for a tackle, so they picked the next best tackle, which was Luke Jokil. So. Yeah, that was literally if the guy was there, that he's almost sat on their lap. Really, I think it was. Yeah, birthday he'd come. 
Yeah. When we look at these guys, they're actually so similar. The only difference between them is an, an inch in height, by the looks. <laughs> really? That's it. Just, just, just that one inch. Yeah. That one inch gets you as the first round for first um, pick. <laughs> I think what um, Jackson will prefer is that Luke coming through the um, Texas A&M system. Again, I think will fit much more into what they have to do in Jacksonville to even be in contention hopes. Being at the bottom of the pile, guys being dogfighting through A&M. They had one of those seasons where they came in into the SEC, wasn't given a hope, and then they, they really, I mean, they did have great help with um, one with particular... Johnny Football. With Johnny Football. We'll be probably talking about him two, three years' time, but I think it did show the doggy determination of, like, linemen to cover him and give him all the chances that he needed. I did actually read uh, Bucky Brooks's blog on NFL.com this week, actually thinking of Johnny Football, and he was going through next year's potential top 30 picks, and he didn't mention Johnny Football because he seems to think that he's... Although he had a great season at college level, they don't seem to think he's ready to take that next step up to the uh, the NFL. Just like, no, just, just, yeah. I don't see him bucking out as a sophomore. I do honestly think he'll come. He's going to go the whole hog. And he'll go either full through junior <coughs> to to senior and actually come out uh, with a full fledged degree and everything before starting it. The kid's got his head screwed on, so that's what I think he'll do. He'll he'll sit down, he'll get the degree, and he'll he'll just keep adding to his draft stock. I mean, historically, is there any um, advantage coming out as a, a sophomore? Or I mean. Is it just impatience or? Not really. I mean, you look no. at some of them. I mean, look at people. I guess like Barkley would be a great one to sort of use because he had potentially the characteristics to come out last year. He said, "No, I'm going to stick with the um, the Trojans. We give them the other year." Um, and you see what happened for the. I mean, and the other example is AJ McCarrens, isn't it, from Alabama? He's staying on another year to finish off his degree and to play another for a fourth season in college football in the SEC. So, again, just to get him another year under Saban is going to do him the world of good isn't it really I, I think that it's only a positive really yeah. some people it could be their advantage coming out while they're hot while everyone's talking about them I think some people another year really goes to show what they are actually made of yeah so let's uh, we'll move on from that so we, we pretty much knew offensive tackles were going to go we, we obviously we got the uh, the order wrong there so uh, hmm. next one up was uh, Oakland had third pick but they actually traded to Miami, which I was a little surprised about because I thought they Oakland were in a position where I thought they needed quality over quantity, so I thought they would stay with the third pick rather than drop like trade down to get further picks. But, they do um, have a lot of needs, though, don't they? I mean, they do, so that's potentially why maybe they've they traded down so they've got more options in draft, game, playing the long yeah. game. But so Miami trading up and then taking Dion Jordan defensive end. I think it's the right move. We were saying that before the show, really, that we had him in the right position, either second or third, really to go, depending on who did what trade differentials. Mm-hmm. So I, I only saw him with the quality he was going in the top three. He was That's a top three player. Playing opposite Cameron Wake now in Miami as well. I Honestly, I like the aggressiveness of that defence. It's going to be in your face. It's going to be a heavy sack total. I tell you what, you watch that that sack count for Miami go up this year. Whether they'll be able to defend over the top and actually, what do you call it, actually stop the long bombs mm-hmm. and the passes, who knows? Run game, I think you'll be finding it hard to run on Miami. That's it. The idea, though, for them is they will just want to get after Brady, isn't it? You've got to play Brady twice a year, so yeah, yeah, yeah. get after him, which is probably the same reason why Bills went down the route of getting uh, Mario Williams and Mark Anderson last year. It just didn't quite work out. So, Pick number four, Philly Eagles, they stayed with that position. Now, admittedly, I, I got this way off because I was thinking, I honestly thought they would go quarterback for some reason. I thought Geno Smith, but as we'll find out later on, he ended up sitting there all of day one, um, not getting picked at all. They're obviously uh, sticking their faith in Michael Vick then for another year. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? Just stick with the Vick and, um, well, we'll see what happens. Make um, stick. That's <laughs> indeed. Moving swiftly on from that comment, Harry, um, they went with... <laughs> 
and another offensive tackle Lane Johnson so essentially what we were talking about before Vic getting hit so much because he's trying to move out of the pocket that moves obviously to try and shore up a bit of protection for him on the blind side and maybe give him another at least another second to find a pass rather than getting hammered mm, yeah because I mean, he loves it to get it was hammered. what was needed to be addressed really I mean he does absolutely <laughs> but it was what needed to be done because the problem was the offensive line was just I mean they're shocking and then there's a level below that which you know that's kind of where the Eagles sat last year I must admit I went for a bit of a long shot I, I remember going for Justin Pugh out of Syracuse he managed to go later on in the first round I thought he would have been a better fit for them but they actually he's went a guard isn't he Justin Pugh no he's is, a tackle he's a tackle, he's okay. a tackle. But uh, you could use him as a guard, let's face it. I mean, that's what I liked about Justin Pugh, because I thought they might be chopping and changing. It was the injuries last year that killed them as well. It's another reason why I like Pugh's ability, because I literally thought that they could do with a guy who could adapt. That no, I, I can see where they're going. I can definitely see where they're going with, with Johnson. Yeah, no worries. So then Detroit Lions, we both had picked defensive ends, basically, to to replace Chris, Cliff Averill this they did do that Averill, wasn't it? yeah this absolutely was this was a stone gone stone what would you say it was a certainty let's leave it at that I can't <laughs> think of a, another superlative to add in there before <laughs> we, we knew Oakland needed a defensive end so we kind of ticked off Dion Jordan going to them and then we worked out that you know Siggy was the next best in the draft ergo yeah. um, at pick five he was gone yeah. and it was worked out perfectly that's it and then um, we've got a gentleman with a great name defensive end going uh, pick number six Barkevious Mingo just because it's got Ming in the name that's just <laughs> awesome um, going to the Cleveland Browns um, you did say that you thought they would go defence first didn't you I did you, think they would go defence and I did mention Barkevious uh, Mingo because I remember trying to say his name but he came out further on down I, I had him I think I had him down more into the sort of teens rather than in the top 10 yeah I think well I had him going uh, 14 to Carolina actually but that's because the website I was looking at had him as an outside linebacker but of course he's actually a defensive end so I'm assuming that was a depending on what system he played in I honestly think yeah on. I think the, what you've got the system in Cleveland um, currently <coughs> a it's currently a what you call it so it's four, a 3-4 three, four, three, isn't four, it 3-4 yeah. yeah so he probably will actually end up being an exterior outside lineman yeah um, either that or he'll just be literally he'll be for what his ability is the speed that um, if you if you saw his forty yard was it's four four something really for a defensive end yeah the guy's built for speed he it literally is he will literally be either the the rush specialist so if you see him come on the field literally you just hand it off as a counter and you should be able to avoid him but I honestly think he'll be a nice fit because they don't really look that fast I mean sacks last year was shocking for Cleveland and that's probably another reason then why they spent all that money on Kruger isn't it oh yeah I mean Kruger would literally work on the other side so if you imagine Kruger would um, sustain on the strong and this guy's your weak exterior and literally just he's literally got one job and that's get that QB on his ass. Yeah. yeah blitz 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 <clears throat> yeah so that's the, that's the first six picks there but they only um, covered two positions defensive end and offensive tackle which is what we said last time isn't it how heavy it yeah was that's the, it on the both sides of line. both lines yeah, yeah definitely and particularly the offensive line wasn't it it was going to be always going to be a lot of uh, high picks a lot of quality to choose from so doing well pick number seven Arizona I had them going a different direction actually on the offensive line I had them going with a uh, the next available tackle but they ended up picking a guard in Jonathan Cooper again yeah, I we know they had gave up the most sacks in the league didn't they last year I would have thought they would have gone tackle as well I think I picked tackle as well for them I think the interior of the line isn't where the problem was it was literally stopping the ball rushes on the outside that's where most of the, the, the penetration is coming from having a, a single QB under centre would help as well because each guy's got his own system he has his own drop back 
So the guy's literally training around one yeah, guy. Yeah, going to audible different ways, going to see things differently. Exactly. Every guy's footsteps. So every time you're basing around and you're hitting your back pattern for your, your pass blocking or if you you push forward on the runs, each guy's going to hand it off differently. You can't really help help themselves if you're going to keep chopping and changing QBs. Yeah. So, so um, pick number eight, We uh, obviously we had that as the awesome and mighty Buffalo Bills. I'm sure my fans love me referring them as. They traded down, which surprised me a no, little because we thought, yeah, surprised to see them trade down. But when they did trade down, all I had in my head was, please don't pick a QB. Please don't pick a QB. Because if we were trading down, to me, that was a go for a position more of need than QB. Because we picked up Cobb, obviously, for the interim. Plus, we've got Tavares Jackson, which he will only, I think, be a backup, even though they've said it will be a, a full on competition. And then. With the way that there was the lack of quality in the quarterbacks, I thought with the early draft pick we've got in the second round, and the way it worked out actually is, if we wanted to, we could have picked Manuel in the second round, but we would probably we might have had to trade for Yeah, may have had to trade it up. It was, it was honestly such a sort of surprise. I think honestly you could have yeah, like you said, traded up in the third to get the guy. Yeah, but we'll we'll come back to him because obviously that's a, a few picks down the line. So uh, the Rams traded up and took who we thought they would in Tavon Austin to replace Danny Amendola and get some speed on the receiver position that's a great pick for the Rams that's, um, yeah he posted a, I think it's officially a 4.27 40 yard for him wasn't it I think in the end I know when they timed it on the day they thought it was a 4.25 but I think it's gone down officially as a 4.27 so not much in it but still ridiculous I, speed I, th- I think really it's creating a notable target because with Gibson and you had Amendola, both of them were playing different ways. Gibson gave you that nice deep threat option, which he managed to penetrate a couple of times. I mean, the famous one was he did it at Wembley yeah. for that first big score yeah, over absolutely. the Patriots. But um, there wasn't the guy sort of really, I mean, Amendola being the more slot guy, there wasn't that guy in the middle, your clutch receiver, the guy who's going to catch in two, yeah, catching yeah. traffic. And I think that's what this guy gives us. He's, yeah. got, he's got the speed to sort of do what Gibson does. But at the same time, I think it's it's the hands you the need. Security. The security. The safe pair of hands. And I think literally he had, I mean, coming out of the system, um, passing from Geno Smith, who was normally on the run, so the passes weren't quite on the same time limit, stuff like that. He's learnt to catch those difficult catches, the ones that aren't really going to be coming nicely in the numbers, the ones that you're going to have to stretch out for, breaking off awkward coverages for. And so I think he's been perfectly trained to fit in our system. Right, where yeah. Not only five for eight. I mean, is he agile? Or? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is he is it's this new sort of breed of what you call it. The sort it of is the Wes Welker the type Wes receiver. Welker, he has yeah. literally, but Bloom Wes Welker. I know we keep referring it to that, but um, I think he has been the, the main staple archetype to sort of base everything onto. Here's one for you then, um, as a random question: Should New England have traded up in the draft to take Tavon Austin rather than taking the time out to get Amendola? No, I think Belichick's system is he wants the guys with a little bit of veterancy under their belt. Yeah, he wants them to be able to, someone who also knows how to fit into his system. And a little guy. bit of height on the outside as well. Yeah, but okay. um, I mean, for me, I think the reason is just because Dan, Danny Amendola ticked all his boxes and then I think once Belichick's got a guy who he'll probably would have been in contact with Amendola for a long time before the trade, told him what he expects from Amendola, if Amendola ticked all the right responses then you know I think that's what it is and for him taking that from I believe he's maybe four or five years now Amendola I know he's had about yeah. two years off so he's actually only about three years game time what of injuries but yeah. I think for him he fits the Bilicic system of he's got enough veterancy in him but he's also enough that he can adapt 
and mould him and reshape him into a bullet check system. Yeah, fair enough. Number nine then, we had the uh, New York Jets, their first pick. Obviously, I had them going down the receiver lines and taking Cordarrelle Patterson. Who did you have them taking for number nine? Well, we had this split thing because when we did it, we did it before Reavers got traded. Yeah, so we, we did. were sort of umming and ahhing because we said if Reavers got traded, they, they would need to, to have a corner. Right, yeah. But then I believe if they were saying before that, I said they need to get pressure because they need to get the old smash mouth defense like they would on the old days. And I honestly thought I had some of these the the ends that hadn't gone for. I think I had Sheldon Richardson going for them, who they did take in the end. Yeah. I assumed being the first pick. Yeah. But, um, so of course yeah they traded Revis to the Buccaneers so they also got the 13th pick in the draft and that was the thing that surprised me as well is that although Revis is a quality player because he's a veteran and because of his age I didn't see them getting a genuinely didn't see them getting a first round pick for Revis maybe that was a bit naive on my part but um, so they've obviously they got the first round pick and uh, I, I think it was a, a smart move there was enough good corners in the draft yeah. I just don't think Milliner was the right one with all his I saw him as a first rounder but I was expecting him to be the last of the corners picked because it just it's that the injury the lagging great um, career at Alabama but you have to wonder if possibly I mean you looked at there was quite a few especially with the turning of the knees and stuff like that there was quite a few guys Reavers went down the knee guy from the Ravens blew out his knee I can't remember his name there was a good few couple people I think that actually was Corey Williams wasn't it it was Corey Williams wasn't it right there was about three or four guys in the league completely blew out their knees. I don't know how long that knee's going to hold. Yeah. Don't know how long that knee's going to hold. Uh, no, Milliners. Oh. No, just, no, I mean, great, great player at Alabama. But it's just that one lingering doubt will always overshadow him. Mm. When's it going to blow? Or will it, though? Because you have to look oh, at... Oh, yeah, I mean, you might, get, uh, you might get 10, 12 years out of him and have absolutely no lingering of side effects. You might get two out of him. Yeah, because on the flip side, you've got to look at someone like Willis McGahey who had double knee surgery and the Bills took a chance on him and he played in the league for Marcus the best part of 10 years yeah. as well, didn't he? Marcus Lattimore. Right. Yeah, which we'll, we'll come to him, actually, maybe later on when we go through the other parts of the draft. But um, So, yeah, so uh, number nine Jets took Milner. Tenth pick, Tennessee Titans. That was always their pick. They went for Chance Warmack. Did they need a guard, really? Really? No. <laughs> just, no just, in, just in, just in one word. In one word. No. In, one, in one word. I do apologise. Um, scoffing muffin in between. Hence why it was no, coffee and blueberry muffins. were doing it the American <laughs> way. I don't think they needed it. You look at what else was there, and you look at what they needed. I mean, that defense gave up the most. We were talk- wasn't it? We were talking about. Yeah, we did. We talked about um, in a single. Coachell wasn't it who got the most tackles didn't he in the season last year so he, I, he racked up what the best part of over 120 tackles I think didn't he they just they need something dynamic something to bring that that's that half of the ball to like don't get me wrong I mean um, isn't it Locker they've got yeah the Locker's center. their quarterback yeah. I mean he took a nice knock choice. against Houston didn't they um, but he is apparently he's coming back this year so he's fine and healthy so I can understand them wanting to not let that happen again but I just there was a great amount of offensive guards uh, and tackles there and I just didn't see them I mean there was provocation to allow it to slip to second round yeah well it's the first um, time offensive guards have been picked in the first round of the draft since 1997 oh really and there's, there's two that got picked in the top what, top 10 uh, yeah, yeah that's right yeah Jonathan Cooper uh, and, oh, yeah, uh, Cooper. and Chance Warmack yeah so it's um Shows what a crazy draft. Might have to start calling him Handy Harry because of all of his stats that he pulls out like that, would you reckon? <laughs> There's a little bit of an innuendo in that as well. <laughs> of course, they got um, Ryan Fitzpatrick as well now, haven't they? The Titans. And, uh, yeah, good luck with that. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, I uh, think, I think we'll just do like, give him some time to throw some more picks. 
Yeah, probably. I, I, I still think he'll be the backup, like Hasselbeck, uh, Hasselbeck was. Oh, of course year. he will be. But, yeah, um, they've, they've only brought in Fitzpatrick as a backup, definitely. But he was good enough to be a starter in Buffalo. Yeah. But the, the problem was, he was a great starter until we gave him a big contract and he got the big dollars and went, I've forgotten how to throw. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, how do I. <laughs> What's, do, what, what? do you run a night to throw you there? Am I supposed to throw it to that guy there? What colour do we play? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. He's wearing blue. He turned into a bit of an Eli Manning. He was throwing that many picks. Um, no Eli voice this week. No, not yet. No, we'll, uh, we're saving that because we're hoping at Put some a sound point. Sound bite to, on it. Yeah, we're hoping at some point to uh, maybe even Copyright venture in the uh, the Eli Manning show, but more on that in maybe another episode. So we're still working on that. Um, we'll try and fire through these now so we can move on to other bits from the draft to try and do nice and quickly okay yeah so uh, pick 11 uh, San Diego Chargers uh, they took an offensive tackle in DJ Fluka 12th pick that Oakland got from Miami they took DJ Hayden um, a lot of talk about that corner wasn't yeah. there going yeah, into the draft he, 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 quite an emotional story wasn't it he had um, the injury there was actually uh, yeah that's right almost died didn't he the life threatening injury yeah, yeah. so, so hopefully yeah. he's going to have a great career I'm in that respect because of everything he's been through maybe there would have been a better team for him rather than Oakland because well, it's, not, I mean, it's <laughs> not really a great family atmosphere is it I don't think no but I mean at least watch what he's got some uh, Brits to keep him company some people with some real uh, oh yeah who did, did they get uh, Manalock uh, yeah. yeah and they also picked up um, what was his name uh, awesome yeah I think they pick uh, up Akwayi yeah. as well or not yeah I mean they had um, what do you call it took, um, San Francisco took the guy who was the discus thrower Oh no, that was a coy. Yeah, wasn't that's it? yeah. It. I know. I know. San Francisco got the watch got it, but there's a. It's one of these ones where they were born in Britain and then they moved over when they're two. So they're not. I don't know how British they really are. Yeah, but, um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll use that. I mean, the England cricket team likes to call South Africans English, though. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's to do with well, That's a whole different kettle of fish. That's that's a different podcast entirely. That's <laughs> that's for another day during the summer, maybe. So uh, pick thirteen, which the Jets acquired in the Rivers trade from Tampa. As you say, they went that's with it, it, that big playmaker on the defensive line. They went with uh, Sheldon Richardson. They needed it. Number fourteen, Carolina's pick. They went with your mate. So uh, who okay. uh, who was that again? Star. Lutulele Lutulele Nice, nice work He's only had a week to practice So he's, he's done well there a Pick 15 New Orleans Saints Took a safety in Kenny Vaccaro Looks great He looks like a nice Good hard hitter Replacing sort of The ageing sort of Harper and stuff like that Maybe need a little Fire under their bellies no worries and then uh, pick 16 which uh, the Bills got from the Rams you'll be pleased I'm just going to quickly skip over this I think <laughs> EJ Manuel quarterback which we said earlier we were a bit surprised we weren't expecting him to go so early um, obviously the Bills see a, a future franchise quarterback in him um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there pick 17 I thought the, the uh, Steelers might work on their O-line did you have them going for defence or I had them replacing Harrison which they pretty much did in well, Jarvis did, Jones not, I didn't see Jarvis Jones but he was it? one of the top linebacker prospects he was one of the top he? linebackers but to be fair I must admit I think that someone more possibly Alec Ogletree back in that sort of thing firstly he plays a bit more interior to the fairness and um, I, I honestly think the raw edginess would have suited them more to try and replace but I guess watch what if you're replacing Harrison and all his fines the risk is Ogletree becomes that same guy again <laughs> yeah exactly and you, he's forking out loads in fines and the club's not getting a great reputation but the Steelers fans would love him for it so yeah and then pick 18 it was originally sneaky, Dallas's pick sneaky. yeah sneaky San Francisco uh, traded up and took safety Eric Reed. so sorry buddy you didn't get to replace Reed for Reed. I think, we, I think we all had um, him down becoming a Raven didn't we yeah, I don't. I think yeah. it would have found it impossible to live up to the name. 
um, yeah, about how hard he tried. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he did have big boots to fill there, didn't he? So, um, luckily for him, he's got a replace Deshaun Golson, who had an immense season last year anyway, so he's still got big boots to fill, but just not quite of the same stature. Did he go to the Bucks? Uh, yes, he did go to the Bucks. yes. So, so they're looking... Nice, nice secondary. Yeah. yeah, which is what they nice needed, secondary. isn't it, as well? Definitely in Tampa. So, pick 19, the Giants took... See, on the websites I've seen, he, he was labelled as an offensive guard, mm. uh, Justin Pugh. So some protection for Manning. Yeah. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> there, there was the voice, yeah. Sorry for flying through this, we've just obviously got a few more bits to cover, so I'm just trying to speed through it as quick as we can. Pick 20, uh, the Bears went O-line, went with Carl Long. I suppose Cutler did struggle to stay on his feet last year, didn't he? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Really, if he hadn't had um, oh, Brandon Marshall, me. thank you. Um, literally, if he didn't have nice him, jinx. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Bears on, could have sustained any kind of offense because literally, once you you know shut down that run game, it was everything went through Marshall. Yeah, he was great in my fantasy team last year. He was phenomenal. Yeah, really appreciate that. Good work, lad. Pick twenty-one, the uh, Bengals, which is uh, my good friend uh, over there, Innuendo Bingo, managed to. Hit right on the head. They took it. Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't try and create innuendos that aren't there. That's no, no, no. Great. I was just making sure you weren't saying another word that started with F and ended in K. <laughs> no, I had. I, I honestly think um, Cincinnati look out for a dual tight end spread this season, upcoming season. Dual tight end spread. Run first, then look for a tight end through the second play. I think they're going to be uh, a big shout for the AFC North. Next year, oh, yeah, I you think they're going to take it because the Steelers and Ravens, Ravens maybe rebuild yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. and the Browns, the Browns, and they could be past the first round of the playoffs as well. Yeah, you reckon? It depends whether they run into Houston. Yeah. Or not, <laughs> yeah. Quite literally, they run into Houston <laughs> and then walk out. Yeah, so twenty-second pick, Atlanta actually ended up traded up on this one. Now it was a trade with St. Louis, but of course that was because they got Washington's pick yeah. from the RG three trade last year yeah. so um, with that they took Desmond Trufant cornerback probably to replace uh, Donta Robinson yeah who I think what New York should have nicked well before instead of Milliner and I think he would have been oh the Jets you mean yeah, uh, Jets who did I say no you said New York oh, I was just New working York. Okay, which, yeah, which one um, yeah I think no, technically, no, 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 technically no, no, New York no, would be no. Buffalo yeah, yeah that's yeah. right Harry well pointed out oh. <laughs> I just think if Trufant was on the table I'm, I'm, I'm still just unsure about Menina, whether he's going to get one season blow out and then that's it unfortunately the guy's got to retire through injury well if he wasn't I'm sure you've jinxed him now so. yeah and Quite. if he does go down injured <laughs> am I going to find him on my doorstep a year from now go what are you doing yeah, that's it yeah and he's literally going to knock you spark at yeah. you he's like you called this yeah <laughs> and that's that's the worst language I, I promise I'll use on the show <laughs> right 23 was Minnesota Vikings the first of a um, great round yeah it was actually yeah which um, he should have gone a lot higher right yeah and they <sighs> took Sheriff Floyd with defensive tackle didn't they which I think we did have him going a lot higher I think certainly I had him going well, I had him going pick 6 to Cleveland mm, I think yeah. a lot of people had him at Oakland as well Oh yeah, we're going to Oakland and say potential third pick. I, I, I think instead of Barkevius Mingo as well, I would have put him. But again, I think if they all went speed. They went for Mingo speed in the end, yeah. so that's fair enough. Yeah, pick twenty four. The Colts again. I thought they were going tight end because I thought they'd try and give some more backup for luck. But they went on the defensive front because I think they lost. They well, they waved Freeney, didn't they? This they year, did. so they kind of had. They to, I suppose they had to replace that. It's kind of a. Yeah, I mean, I, I went. I went for secondary because they they got rid of powers and stuff like that, and I thought that's where they they were weakest through the air. And in other news, they've also this week traded Jerry Hughes to the Bills, and we've sent them Kelvin Shepard. So I uh, hope Kelvin Shepard does uh, really well over there, linebackers. So it uh, looks like from what I've seen on Jerry Hughes, we've gone for speed 
because he, he does the 40 in uh, it was over about 4.56 I think when he was clocked to wow. doing it in the combine so that was and that was a few years ago so hopefully he should still be pretty quick but Colts defence was built on speed anyway wasn't it with Freeney Mathis that's kind of they were looking for the pursuit rather than anything else pick 25 which was Minnesota's second pick which they acquired in the Harvin trade from Seattle they went with Xavier Rhodes uh, cornerback which was one of your two options that you had in well, they had, I, I just I felt they had to replace oh, Winfield thank you names are just eluding me tonight and yeah. funnily enough as his next bill player that's probably why I remember him and he was one of my favourite players but literally again they, they are literally just filling out this is why I think they had such a great draft because they literally saw what they needed filling and they went out and got great picks yeah definitely and uh, so pick 26 was the Packers I had them going defensive end but just a different direction but because he'd already gone so I don't think I said that it was Bjorn Werner sorry that went defensive end to the Colts uh, pick 24 pick 26 because of that Detone Jones went to the Packers 27 we all said Houston needs some more options alongside Andre Johnson so they stand a good chance of going further in the playoffs and they went with Andre Hopkins that was one of my picks I had Patterson so we had both had receivers going to Houston Um, pick 28 Denver um, they went with Sylvester Williams defensive tackle Um, pick 29 which and here was the thing which I couldn't believe when it happened and again the crowd did either of you guys stay up to watch the the whole of the first round probably not not because you had to work no worries well I was sad and I took the days off to make sure I could watch it to see uh, (laughs) dedication dedication. yeah dedication to the cause that's it so um, it was great just to listen to the crowd for that just the reactions to everything like from the start from the Miami trade and everything so when Minnesota traded back in again everyone was just in complete shock so Minnesota actually traded with the Patriots uh, for the 29th pick and with that they took Cordero Patterson wide receiver to replace Harvin on the outside beautiful perfect perfect fit and then pick 30 was the pick the Rams acquired from Atlanta exactly yeah um, and they took uh, Alec Ogletree linebacker which off the field issues and stuff like that but I think if anyone's going to fix it Fisher will fix him bring him back into line he'll be great for us oh yeah Fisher is a great coach he's very good at that sort of thing so pick 31 the Cowboys acquired from San Francisco and went with a centre in Travis Frederick the way they described it was that they're just trying to shore up that offensive line so that Ryan May's basically got no excuse and I think to obviously they've just paid all that money as well out to Romo so not only does he now have no excuse but now he's starting to get things around him so he can actually make the plays and finally pick 32 we all knew Baltimore would take a safety to replace Reeds um, because the other Eric Reed had gone uh, they took Matt Elam which what do we know about Elam um, very little actually what do you call it um, coming out of Florida I must admit because we just I think maybe we got a little tunnel vision on Reed really <laughs> there was yeah, Cyprian as well was in there wasn't it at safety as well that was another option for them yeah um, but they well, the Ravens got Michael Huff they from uh, and the Raiders waved him or cut him and yeah. so they picked them up we've lost Bernard Pollard and Ed Reed yeah but that's the thing Huff, Huff will be um, the Pollard replacement yeah. in your face gritty what strong, strong safety, safety yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the smacker but hopefully with less of a again less of the infringements and less of the mouth <laughs> yeah absolutely so We've obviously I know we had to kind of glaze over the, the back half of the, the first round but I'm sure you'll appreciate that what for you stands out from the draft as a whole so now we're talking all seven rounds what sort of things stood out like I'm just going to throw out there first thing would be for me Minnesota trading in so they got three first round picks I don't know that anyone saw that coming the crowd was just as shocked as I was I think it was the smartest move by Minnesota because I think the positions they needed filling 
were all sitting there in the first round. And I think you're going to get better use out of the first rounders than they had um, potentially coming off through um, free agents or anything like that. So that's where I think they saw it. You thought the, the quality was there, the so... The quality was in the first round rather than in the free agency pool for them. I mean, you don't find people like Percy Harvin to do what they do. Cordarrelle Patson, though, what you it very... As, as close as you're getting to what, what they can do, you can always keep the same playbooks and get the guy into it rather than having to rewrite them to his style. It's very bold and very decisive, isn't it, to get those three picks, just go for it, no missing. Yeah, get just there, trade up, this is what I round. want. Yeah, yeah. State, uh, a statement of intent and... Um, it might pay off for them. Yeah, and to be fair, actually, from what we learned about uh, the fan night, the uh, the players they all seem to be very happy, don't they, with the um, with the back office and the way they go about they go about making their draft picks. So it smacks they, of confidence, doesn't it? it yeah, like really they took um, with Harrison Smith was a first was a pick last. Sorry, not a first round, but he was a actually was Harrison Smith a first round yeah, draft pick last year? And obviously uh, Rudolph, they took what two three years ago now they. In Rudolph, was he? He's, yeah, he's only my age, he's 23, so therefore he can't be two yeah, years, into the years into the league. So it would be the same GM, wouldn't it? And then obviously you've got, yeah, I've got a correction to make as well, an apology. The the great centre for Vikings wasn't John Smith, as I, well, I don't know why I said that. It is, of course, John Sullivan. Uh, my apologies, and but I still stand by the fact that he is a really, really funny and really nice guy. Yeah, with an awesome beard. He has got an awesome beard, and uh, there's uh, photos with me next to him as well to to prove it, which maybe I'll I'll put on the website as well. So what what sort of else sort of from Geno the draft? Smith for me, the Geno Smith pick. Yeah, the second was, round. Uh, yeah, the Jets. I think the Jets in general, to be fair, kind of put me into a sort of. I mean, I'm glad I'm not a Jets fan. Let's just say that. Looking at some of their faces, yeah, and the uh, reaction when York, they took yeah, Geno Smith for the. What is their despair and, and, con- and confusion and just yeah they're like so we've got five quarterbacks on our roster now yeah. which is what it was at the time wasn't it because yeah. they had uh, Sanchez Tebow Mikel Roy I forgot that they actually picked up David Garrard didn't they so Did they uh, they'd, they'd actually picked up him already <laughs> so they'd actually got four quarterbacks oh on the roster word. before they then drafted Geno Smith yeah I um, know the um, what do you call it if you wanted to ever sort of delve into the mysticism behind the, the back office I mean that's one wild trip if you're going into Jetstown because I just don't get it I mean like I said I mean I hope some of the, the people I mean to be fair like Milner I know I'm one of the people who's sitting on the fence with him but to be fair Sheldon Richardson was a, was a good pick there's some of the later drafts though didn't seem to be there was better players in the positions they, they took and there's still quite a few it's about two positions that still really they could do with maybe a better linebacker really I don't think that they're... second round pick on Geno Smith did seem a bit of a waste yeah I did, feel, I did actually feel sorry for him because obviously it's a big moment for him yeah um, missing out on the entire first round a lot of the round, focus yeah. wasn't on him necessarily it was asking him questions about other players and where he's going to fit and things like that and it should have really been I think he got a bit of a raw deal compared to everyone else but you know that's the uh High stakes world of yeah. yeah the NFL. He's uh, making a bit of a name for himself even this week, isn't he? As a as a jet with with some of his comments. So and of course they've also this week waved Tim Tebow. Mm. They've waved him goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you heard the uh, the rumor that Tebow might be going to LFL as a as a quarterback coach? No, jo- not joking. Not joking. I did hear a rumor actually. It's on the um, there was something I was on um, I was on the LFL site earlier, and there was something about it being about Tim Tebow being mentioned on the commissioner's episode. Basically, he said he would love it. He thinks it's a brilliant sport, and he, he's really behind it. He's one of the um, he's a backer for it. You know, loves everything it's doing. Not only that, is that the head 
of um, NFL, I can't remember his name, Mitch Morteza or something that like that. That is exactly yeah. it, yeah. Mitch Morteza, he sat there and went, if ever there was someone who wanted to come into the league and put in their influence through the, the NFL grading and through the college system and someone who, who literally can understand the system, because of course that adaptive seven on seven, it leaves a lot more for a sort of Tebow-esque Start play. Some of the offences, like the Seattle Mist offence, is a very, very college-based offence. Oh yeah, with their Statue of Liberty plays and everything else like that. Not only that, the, the, the playbook, yeah. yeah, that's it. It's that's just something I'm looking to bring into the Spartans' uh, offensive playbook, the Statue of Liberty. Really? I thought you were talking about bringing NFL into it because that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be brilliant. But you don't um, see me in lingerie. <laughs> no, it's the Legends Football League now, ah, Harry. Yes. You, you must be corrected on this. It's, they actually wear athletic wear and no lingerie. They, all the lingerie and apparel has been taken away. Oh, so. Old old habits die hard. Yeah. So yeah, you best learn. <laughs> so other than that, for me, things that five teams traded up in the first round. And another one for me, Monte Teo, San Diego Chargers uh, trading up in the second round to take him. I think, again, it's one of them where San Diego's draft picks have been a bit... They've taken a lot of on the nose because all their, all their guys have really come with either off-the-field issues or um, or possibly, you know, people have been questioning them on their aspect behind them. I mean, to be fair, I think Taylor's going to become a great player and he's going to put this all behind him and in 10 years' time, we'll be literally sitting there going, what about a girlfriend? That's it. I think the only unfortunate circumstance for Taylor is that because of background and everything else, instantly he's going to be compared to Seau, and that's not really fair on a young kid yeah, no. coming into the league with the issues he's got. I think, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big possible question mark. I think, to be fair, a lot of the time it's coming into the promise, I don't think there's enough done to see how these guys actually cope off the field. Mm. Um, he's got a big set of shoulders and a good head on those shoulders. So it's well, it's like my rant again. Bear in mind what they said. Sorry, arrested. Sorry, what they said though. Um, again, it, on the fan night, didn't they say though the Vikings said that they have? I'm sure, I'm sure it was on the fan night. They were mentioning mm, how were. even the college teams have the equivalent of a, yeah. yeah, have the equivalent of like a welfare officer, don't they? And they do at both college level and also at the pro level. Someone that goes around and tells all these kids what, what to expect what they're going to get into what they to stay away from or that well, they, go, they? they have a seminar at the, that's it they have a big rookie seminar that Harrison Smith was talking about wasn't he saying that they all get them together and they basically say you know these are your do's and don'ts you know this is what to look out for this is what to avoid and then ultimately it then boils down to the players themselves to seek help if they need it within the club or obviously if they think they don't need it they go off the rails yeah, it's just like for me, it's there's been the last sort of two, three years, far too many arrests in the off season. There's been far too many issues even during the season. And there's been far too many deaths off the field as well. Far too much, yeah. I think that the sort of the black curtain is is, is very very much down on the NFL at the moment. I think they've got just got to see this through. Hopefully, that maybe we can start putting these sort of stereotypes behind us because I fear that if we do actually label these guys as they are, does that just give them the provocation to basically live up to the stereotype because they, they can't be ever be seen past it? Yeah, we're judging it. them before anything's been done rather than saying he's the next Seau, we need to be saying that's Monte Teal, he's a great linebacker rather than comparing yeah. him to leave the comparing maybe to the fans and, and don't get involved with it as an organization or maybe even as pundits and try and give them a fair chance to shine in. that's pretty much what we're saying a fair chance for me I think that's pretty much it sort of as far as draft standouts have you guys got anything else that you think stood out my other one was Patriots wavering over all first round I think once you got it they could do with maybe a little restructure and um, I think they played incredibly safe this year With I mean they took two twos uh, two second rounds 
but um, I think they played incredibly safe this year. What a salary-wise safe, you mean? Or well, not uh, not so much salary-wise safe because you've seen people like Tom Brady who sat there and he's put his his salary on the line and he sat there and went, "I'll take a a quarter pay cut or something silly like that," and he signed his extension for like pennies on the pound. But it's more the fact that the guys they've drafted in are just sort of bolsters. They brought in the backups the injury replacements if they need to rather than the starters almost like they're comfy with what they've got and I don't see them actually restructuring or, or changing the system too much Yeah, there's no rocking of the boat here literally the guys they brought in you are the backup or the guy who comes in when he's re- like injured or you are the guy on the kick team and stuff like that I don't think yeah. there's any starters in their draft picks this year and I think that's a bit weird because normally you always think at least a bit of new blood into yeah. the system well maybe that's where you, how you set up a, a legacy as a, you know, a long standing kind of well, one of those teams is, is you just have this conveyor belt of yeah, belly talent is. in the background and, and making good solid trades in the off season just to keep it topped up and then yeah you bring these people in who perhaps aren't so Glamorous yeah, and Belichick has a way of making players work, doesn't he? I mean, pretty much every player that goes through that Patriots organization comes out much better off, or stays in I mean, the organization. I think what you call it, Brady will always live on as the the phenomenon that has been created. That the sixth round, so he was a sixth, sixth round, round. Pick, yeah. yeah, the sixth rounder who turns into a god. You know, I mean, there were six quarterbacks picked before him when the man dropped. It was yeah, I think yeah. at least so, yeah. It was and to even to read his story from from college football, like when I uh, went to New York over New Year's a couple of years ago, I bought like the Sports Illustrated, and it, it was the it was effectively the main interviews with Tom Brady, and it was talking about how even in his college career he struggled to get a game, and he sort of was in Michigan fighting to get a place, got dropped, and and everything else, and it was just it's amazing to think that from someone who wasn't necessarily rated at college to come back and be in my eyes personally the best quarterback in the NFL even above Peyton Manning and ring wise you'd start to put him up there with Montana wouldn't you I think he has that much of an impact on the team it's got that kind of uh, not necessarily but a rag to riches style yeah. uh, story about it I think his NFL combine notes wouldn't that like he, he, he was too skinny he didn't have a good arm uh, no he couldn't presence. run yeah he couldn't run and people, people laughed at the 40 time didn't they Probably, yeah. No, yeah. What so, was his 40 time then? Was it top end not, towards five seconds, do you I'm think? I'm not sure what it was, but it was literally it was one of the worst surrounding sort of... If you imagine if you could find average as a box, and literally just everything was just average or, or below. below. Yeah, wow. On your, but again, that again, some people are asking for the combine to not be the access of such a majority. I mean, so much is set on the combine. Mm. The skills you come out of it with your ranking system and all this a lot of people want to scrap it well, but then it loses a spectacle doesn't it it does it's, kind of it's, it's I mean, like a whole off season tradition almost as well as, as well as being a spectacle it's like combined I think, it's a nice, I think, I think it works a little nice bit of base, base layer as well that you can yes you can see the guys um, you can go through video upon video highlight reel after highlight reel but if you actually put a guy in front of you and ask him to run how does he run if you ask him to jump how does he jump yeah, and the interviews as well they do with it. You put him in a situation where he feels the pressure from being in an interview, so he's already got that mindset as well. If he if he does well under pressure, you're going to see it in an interview. The same as when we interview for any jobs over here, you know. Mm. If you keep if you can keep your cool, you've got the gift of the gab, and and you know what you're talking about, then you've got no problems, have you? Say. So. I think um, the acid test will be in is in when you see these six seven round picks turn into your Brady's and. That's it, and um, third round picks turned into Russell Wilson's. Yeah, it just goes to prove that maybe you know these first rounders are picked on the basis of the combine results, 
and it's not the be all and end all but as you say it's a good spectacle and a good it breaks the, uh, the whole kind of calendar NFL yeah, calendar. that's it. And thinking of the calendar, actually, that's a nice little link there. Well done, Harry. That that's how we're gonna we're gonna finish off the show with the next sort of five ten minutes. I'm just talking about the 2013 schedule. Now, there's got to be some matchups in there for all of us that stand out. I'm gonna go ahead as usual and uh, bulldoze in with the opening game. Actually, I'm really looking forward to Baltimore at Denver. We were actually discussing earlier. Baltimore can't play at home this year because of a clash with the Orioles match or the baseball match within Baltimore, which I'm sure Cy will be going to one or the other, won't he? No doubt. So yeah, I think to see how Baltimore come into next season with everything they've lost this off season, the picks they've obviously made in the draft, the picks they've made up of free agency, going against the Denver juggernaut under Peyton Manning I mean that's it's a mouthwatering prospect for me for that first game of the season what, what do you guys think I, I yeah I think to be fair it's going to be a, a pinnacle to really start the season off because I mean they don't let us down with these these first games they tend to always be real nice good heavy matchups I'd like to see it as the uh, I don't know I, I find that Broncos had uh, they had an extra gear they could have shifted into last year that they never did I mean, they, they, they cruised off to a lovely year, wasn't it? 13 and 3, was it? 12 oh, and 4, actually. something like that. Just reminded me, how is uh, how is Champ Bailey going to react after he got absolutely skinned in that playoff game to basically, which cost them nothing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I meant. It just, the, the team, though, it lost a gear in the playoffs, I think. Uh, it came in running and it sort of downshifted. I'd like to see what this is going to do to the, the confidence of the Broncos to sort of maybe put right last year's result and I mean first you put one W in the column to start with it's always good especially if it's against defending champions we've got Elvis, Elvis Dumerville as well going back to the Mile High ah yeah good point yeah, after everything the... that went down there with yeah. the, did they or didn't they get the contract in on time and, and what was the deal there who's right who's wrong yeah there's going to be a lot of tension in the air isn't there I'm, I'm pretty concerned actually I think this could be a pretty clear indication of, of what type of season the Ravens are going to have this year you if, think if, even if as early as that losing those big names is, is, I mean it's a that's a solid team at home the, uh, the Broncos not only so that, it's a big test not only that it's the first big test for someone uh, Mr. Joe Flecku and his big payday that's true Flecku they've just, they just written the big bucks now okay so last year you know, he cashed in a cheque. He said he was an elite quarterback. He went off and won it. And you can't spell elite without Eli. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is this year, you know, actions speak louder than words. And that, that uh, paycheck was one hefty. Yeah, 60 mil we said, wasn't it? So that's that, that that's needs, there's, there's a lot of whinge. You think that's going to weigh down on him? Uh, I don't think it's going to weigh down on him. I think the provocation will be how the fans see it. You right. imagine you want to get your worth out of 60 million. Especially with all the players you've lost potentially because of it. Yeah. So you're sitting there going, you want a lot of W's for your 60 mil. Yeah. There's, I just think there is a danger of this not turning into the massive spectacle it should be. It could be a just a uh, blowout. A blowout. It, there's the potential there, it just we see, don't really know. My problem is as well, I see it as well. the the idea of putting a lot of money into eggs into one basket we saw Philly create that dream team enter uh, yeah absolutely and we saw how amazing that dream team worked out I just honestly I think it's a it will be either side comes out of this it will be the way they'll tell the rest of the season to spin you know if you if they say they lose the Broncos in a tight game you know they can sit there and they can go well we've we've held our own with a lot of reshaping you know, and you know, effectively, we beat these guys when it was important last year. Okay, so 
we understand there's the benchmark guys let's raise it they get blown out like Harry says what you call it it's going to be there's a lot of heads might be uh, might be hanging very early on and scarily early on that's it um, so what other sort of games do you think next season will be well we've once won we've got uh, uh, the Buccaneers at the Jets ah uh, yeah Reavers going back yeah, wow straight away there's a lot of potential matchups and issues to be resolved there obviously that Bucks secondary if they yeah. put Sanchez under centre as well you know but we could all or we could see, they we could see Gio Smith by week two that's what I'm saying yeah. imagine yeah. If, that, if that secondary can click on the off season I mean they can possibly and they still haven't got any receivers in, in New York either they still haven't got any receivers in New York I honestly think we could see Gino Smith who knows we could even see Gino Smith by the second half because <laughs> I honestly think the way that they've, they've drafted up I don't think you can give with all the off the field on the field issues allegations I don't think you can immediately now take Gino and just put him as numero uno you have to give Sanchez well, the way you've built it out you've got to give Sanchez the first start and then by whatever week the, the fans are screaming for his blood then you go it's alright guys bring on the Gino <laughs> that's it yeah and uh, yeah, and see what happens there any others from well there's Joe Corby Fisher as well the uh, Chiefs playing the Jaguars first week as well so uh, that could yeah. be a bit of an indication as to what kind of season they're going to have yeah because uh, uh, both didn't do too well back to all the wooden season. spoon part two yeah and then uh, Green Bay at San Francisco as well, uh, yeah that could is, be another this is, I mean this is just week one yeah that's actually yeah. we said we'd potentially come back on didn't we because uh, Marcus Lattimore went fourth round to Green Bay did he not yeah which I, 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 I love gesture I think yeah. it's the best thing ever and you know so what though, glad he got if he um, if he turns out to be the player that we hope he is going to be even after that surgery, he could be a real a real gem in the fourth round they for Green Bay. Run, are they really have? Yeah, ever since they had their um, their Super Bowl win, when they basically I think it was Starks, wasn't it, that came through was was one of the yeah. many that came through in the nick of time. So, a couple of other f- matchups for me: Buffalo Pats week one and week sixteen. That's always a massive game for me for obvious reasons. Oh, the Just, kind of the season. Yeah, so we get to start and finish the season. Probably the same way with the loss to the Patriots. I suppose you know we'll we'll wait and see. We, we may sneak sneak a game off them at some point. Other games, week two, Seattle versus 49ers, another massive division game and with the all the off season the and they played so. the Packers the week before. Yeah, so yeah, that I'm really looking forward to that time of all the moves Sam, uh, Seattle have made off season. Obviously, same with San Francisco. That's just going to be um, that's a, a, literally a, a ding dong battle, as they say, <laughs> for the top of the NFC West. I, I, I think it will be a pivotal sort of tie-in because there was so much I think it was very open a lot of people had it shut closed it was actually very open the West wasn't it it was one of those ones where you were sitting there going oh it's Niners done and then you know you had Rams tying games with yeah. them you had yeah. Russell, yeah. Yeah, you and Russell Wilson doing his thing I mean yes we had games with you know dubious calls and stuff like that which did help them along their way but I think they stood by their own and they really proved some critics wrong yeah absolutely looking at say maybe even if we just finish off maybe by having a quick look at some of the Thursday games what what of the uh, the primetime Thursday night games stand out to you not sure I'll tell you one I, the one I had earmarked really for me that's Buffalo gonna... Cleveland no no it was not okay. Buffalo Cleveland was the one uh, it might not be a Thursday night game is I want to see the possibly week one or maybe um, later on I want to see the first divisional matchup for RG3 and I want to see how that n- that knee's holding up so depending on when it comes back obviously depending on when that yeah, I want to be. see the first RG3 game because I want to see how it's affected him how his mechanics have changed maybe if he's changed how he's going to play I really want to uh, I really want to hold on to sort of watching that I just just purely on him 
I see what you're saying. Does it have to be divisional though? You think it has to be another NFC clash, NFC East clash? I think the East is such a a dirty and sort of aggressive matchup. Any of them, it doesn't matter who it is. You could find them sort of tying out the Giants, Cowboys. Doesn't matter. I think it would be the first one. Will be the, the. Especially on, if they on the road as well. Well, week not one, week one, yeah, they are at home to the Eagles. And what about week two? Where do they on end Monday up? Because they're not it? sure whether they'll be back for the they're first sure. week. So, um, oh, Philly uh, for the. Oh no, that's sorry. That's they're at Green Bay week two. Mm. So that's. Uh, that's uh, I mean, if you can get back for that Philly game, that's going to be Monday night. That's yeah. going to be all eyes on that as well. And then Green Bay, did you say for the second yeah, week? Yeah, they're. Uh, but, um, oh, yeah, that must mean week Bay. three. Maybe they've got another division match. Then have they, or are we? Uh, they normally try and keep the division games pretty early on, don't they? And then they finish, they bookend the season with them. So they do tend to. Like, they've got the Lions week three. Oh, okay. So no, so the first yeah. couple, unless he's if he's not back week one, then he's got some exactly and uh, division matches. Only and the game I want to see is I want to see because I happen to know the way that the time in this this year is. I want to see how Cincinnati go up against the New England Patriots because I think the New England Patriots they're going to sort of kick around each other in the same sort of bracket in the playoffs. So therefore, what, I'm, what I really want to do is I want to see how Cincinnati, who, let's face it, a lot of people are liking. They're liking how they've developed. They're liking how they've sort of put together a nice little draft. I think people will be looking at the Cincinnati Bengals to take the north. So therefore, this time, they'll be able to supplement, unlike having the Ravens to sort of like push them down to take on the likes of Houston. I think they'll be able to come in as the North winners they'll probably be spitting out somewhere along the lines of taking on... Maybe like, the Colts the, again or something. The Colts or the, 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 the Pats... Um, so I want to see I know this year in regular season they'll be playing the Pats and I think that's going to be a showdown for a playoff spectacular and I want to see just how the new shake up I honestly think it'll be a dual tight end system I want to see how um, how Dalton Green they all adapt to it and the defence looks great I like the additions there it's good I'd love to be a Bungles fan this year. <laughs> It'll be interesting, but I think as far as the Pats concerned, there for me, I, I think potentially they're going to win the AFC again. I think that's what I mean. That's why I think what you got it will end up being through the through the the bracketing. It will be North versus versus East again. Oh, sorry, it was, the, it was Broncos, wasn't it? Sorry, that won the AFC and then Pats were second. Yes, of course. Sorry, but they managed Pats to. will definitely finish at the top there. I think. Yeah. But I think what you got I don't think they'll have to the, the complacency to come through the. I mean. As the top of the play. north, I think they've got enough of a weak enough schedule because they've got to take on the likes of the East. That they'll, I think they'll, they've got a Buffalo, no offense, a Buffalo win, a sure. Miami win, and a Jets win. Yeah. We're taking three games there. I think they can pretty much take at least off the six games. We're talking four to five games in division. Yeah. So I really see. I, I, to be fair, I think it's going to be twelve. I put I put twelve wins on bungles. Oh yeah, that would definitely be enough to get them right up at top hence, one of the top why seeds. I think, yeah. what you call it? There will be a game along the year, uh, along the regular season, where they will take on the Pats, which will be a warm up for a playoff spectacular. Right. Well, you heard it here first. If they do get their Bengals <laughs> for uh, AFC North title, fair play. I think that's pretty much. Um, just coming back to it, actually, week six is RG 3s first divisional game at Dallas, wasn't it? At so, Dallas, there, perfect on the road. That will be hopefully that will be the. Um, Hopefully you'll be fit and ready for that yeah, one. Yeah, Dallas, yeah. So that is one I will keep literally my eyes peeled on that and everything else. I normally we normally watch the red zone, keep track of the fantasy. I will literally just be burrowing down watching RG three on that one. Fair play. I really want the kid to do well. I really think yeah. he deserves to do well. Uh, I think that's pretty much all we have time for. So, gentlemen, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's you. been a pleasure as always. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, just want to finish up by saying, be sure to uh, stay tuned in to the Bullhawks Nest for our upcoming article on one of the fastest growing sports in America. Take care for now.